Hello there, and welcome back to the BU Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, and our mission here at BU is to help the world become a happier place one person at a time, to inspire you with some new ideas and new thoughts, and to remind you that you're never, ever alone. Hope you are blessed and well out there, and whatever you're up to, I hope it is going your way. I'm having a nice day today, but I need a little bit of sympathy because <laughs> I wrecked my knee. Trying to be all healthy, working out, training. Training's been going great been consistent, been getting after it for months. Big up to my brother-in-law, Paul. He's my training partner and we we contact each other on a regular basis. And that's what keeps me in the game, you know, with keeping up with the with the workouts. At the weekend, I felt a little niggle in my knee and I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Carried on doing my workout. And then yesterday, my knee was massive, mega swollen, mega uncomfortable, struggling to walk. Looked like the tin man from Wizard of Oz when I was walking around. So yeah, I need a bit of sympathy. It is getting better and thankfully I've not injured myself. I'm pretty sure I haven't, but that's my um, sub story for the day. I hope you haven't got as many sub stories as I have. And today, this is a big topic today. This is something that I've been seeing coming up at work with people that I've been speaking with a lot. They've been casually, casually alluding to the fact that this is a problem without outright saying it. And it's only after we spoke for a bit, they've gone, oh, I didn't even notice that. That's big. And the topic is perfectionism. Now, I've got a lot of direct experience with perfectionism. It's something that impacted me a lot back in the day. And I'll share a couple of stories right off the bat to show you how perfectionism impacted on me. So when I was younger, I um, I used to sing in school, you know, like school concerts, stuff like that. I used to sing, used to enjoy it. And then for whatever reason, when I got to university, my voice, it's like it locked up and I had this real anxiety around sharing my voice for a long time. I think I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but I didn't want to sing anymore. I didn't want to share my voice whenever anybody would talk about singing or, um, you know, had sort of found out that I could sing. I, I would deny it. I'd be like, no, I can't. And I'd just sort of try and get out the topic as soon as possible. I could feel the tension and anxiety inside of me. And it was just one of those things that really, really, locked up my voice and my expression in that way for a very long time and when I reflect on it part of it not all of it but a part of it was perfectionism this this terrible fear of making a mistake um people thinking that my voice wasn't very good all of that was was in there amongst other things I don't want to get too much into that but I just wanted to share you know how common perfectionism can be in different areas of our lives another area where perfectionism impacted on me was actually first building up the courage to share this podcast. So I had three episodes that I'd recorded in advance, ready to rock and roll. Um, and I just never released them. And then time went on, it felt like, you know what? I don't want to release them anymore. It doesn't feel right. So then I had to kickstart the process all again. And then I got to the same stage of having episodes in the bag, ready to go, ready to roll. Everything's good. And then for whatever reason, not hitting send, distribute. I can't remember what it says on that big button, whatever it is. <laughs> It's like a button that you press and then it goes everywhere in the world. Whatever that button was, there was something holding me back from releasing. And then I know for a fact with that one, it was definitely perfectionism, worrying about what people who knew me for different things would think about me being out there on a podcast. What are my family going to think? What are my friends going to think? And do you know what the phenomenal thing was? When I put it out there, hearing from family members saying, love the podcast, hearing from friends I've not heard from for you know a decade, a decade plus saying loving the podcast blew my mind. I was the complete opposite of what I expected, but perfectionism impacted on me there as well. And 
I've just noticed in work, in my work, I speak to people on a regular basis who need support, um, you know, with their mental health, with their well-being, with their sense of self. I'm noticing this, this, this subject coming up again and again and again. So I wanted to bring it to the podcast and break it down a little bit. And so in a nutshell, perfectionism sort of explains itself in the name. It's the refusal to accept anything less than a perfect standard. And already there, right there, when we describe perfectionism in that way, we have the fundamental problem with perfectionism. And here's the problem. Number one, I'm going to ask you a question and see if you can answer it for me. Can perfect actually be defined? And what I mean by that is, is there a shared agreement of what perfect actually is? Now I know, let's say, uh, trying to think of a show. Let's say someone's on Strictly Come Dancing, right? (laughs) As you do. Let's imagine someone's on Strictly Come Dancing and they get a 10 from all the judges. You could turn around and say, well, that was a perfect performance, right? Because we've put that measure in place, which says 10 is the highest score. So by that measure, 10 is perfect. However, when you look to this life, Take away the strictly scorecards. <laughs> when you just talk to life itself, can we truly define what perfect is? How would you know if what you'd produced was perfect or not? How would you know that truly? How do you know that somebody over in Brazil has not produced something more perfect than what you did, therefore rendering yours imperfect? Big up to Brazil. I don't know why they came to mind. <laughs> But these questions are worth pondering because what you start to realize when you start to think about this, the very first problem with perfectionism is that it is a made-up construct in our minds. And the other thing about this construct, which makes it really difficult to then apply, is that each person is going to have a different perspective on what perfect is. Therefore, if everybody can have different versions of what perfect is, real perfection doesn't exist because if it did everybody would have a shared understanding of what it was. Like if I said to you, what's gravity? What's your experience with gravity? Most people on planet Earth are going to have a similar, very similar, if not the same, experience with gravity. Because no matter who you are, no matter how you dice it up, gravity is gravity. There is a force that keeps us connected to the ground. That's gravity, right? Now, somebody else might describe it in a different way and say, well, I think gravity is this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, gravity is gravity. No matter how you describe it, we can't escape that fundamental reality of what it is now i just think perfectionism doesn't have the same grounds where there's one overarching experience of it that impacts us all the same way and so a lot of what people are saying is perfect is something that's made up in their own head and it might not necessarily be the same for the person they're talking to it might not necessarily be the same for their boss for their partner for their friends for their family and so they're holding themselves back with an idea in their minds, which only exists in their mind, doesn't exist anywhere else. And so this, when you start to break down what perfection is, what per, not perfectionism, what perfect is, when we say the word perfect, what do we mean? You start to realize how subjective that arena is. And that for me was a big step in starting to break free of the shackles of perfectionism because perfectionism does hold us back, make no mistake about it. So as I alluded to before, perfection is something that exists in our minds. That's one place where it exists. But there are other places where perfectionism can creep in. One place where it creeps in is in society's ideals. So if you say to someone, you know, what does the perfect relationship look like? They'll have an idea. What does the perfect job look like? What does the perfect physique look like? 
What does the perfect home look like? We start to build up these images. We start to build up these concepts and ideas of what we think perfect is. And then we can burden ourselves with these same ideas. Another place where we can find perfectionism is in comparison. And now we live in the age of social media. This is crippling a lot of us. We're jumping on social media. We're looking at another person and we're comparing ourselves to them. And we're saying they're the image of perfect. They've got it all figured out. They're amazing. And then we compare ourselves to their their like facade that they're putting up on social media. We're comparing ourselves to their social media content. Bear in mind, we're comparing it to their social media content. We're not actually looking at them as a complete person. We're looking at a snapshot. And then we're trying, trying to compare our entire life to a snapshot of somebody else's life in a bunch of boxes with captions and hashtags. And it's not a fair game. And we tend to when we're judging ourselves, we tend to, as a rule, to be quite harsh. We tend to put ourselves down. And so the comparison game cripples a lot of us because we see other people doing things and we think that we're inferior because we're not doing the same thing. We can feel like, oh, they're great, therefore I must not be great. We can really trip ourselves up when we get into the game of comparison. And as I said, social media has definitely accelerated that trend with so many people feeling down after going on social media and comparing themselves to people that they see on it. Like it's just, it's rampant. And a lot of people who I speak to, a lot of my clients, the young people who I speak to, this is a big issue for them. And it's something that moving forward, we're going to have to find a way to navigate the social media arena because obviously it's, it's quite a young thing. And now it's sort of coming to the fore how much it can be impacting people's mentals. You know, it can be impacting the mental health, can be impacting their sort of sense of self, their self-image. And so we need to, as a society, sort of try and figure out you know, what is our relationship to social media going to be moving forward? Because my young ones coming through, you know, Nathan, Ava, they've had social media their entire lives. They're going to have social media. Oh, I dread to think about this. They're going to have social media going through the teenage years. When I think about me being a teenager and having social media, geez, I was lucky not to have that around. And so it's, it brings up these questions like, how do we, how do we healthfully interact with social media? Because it's a great tool. Don't get me wrong. It's a phenomenal tool. But any tool used incorrectly can cause harm. And so we need to think about how we use it moving forward. And yeah, I've got my soapbox a little bit here with social media, but it's just a big one. Comparison is a place where perfectionism can come in a lot. And we're then thinking that we're not capable based on what we've seen somebody else being capable of doing. And then we're dishonoring our own journey. Another place where the ideas of perfect, you know, what perfect looks like come from is our own conditioning. So, you know, the, the, the upbringing we had, the experiences we've had in our formative years as a child growing up, the things that authority figures might have said to us down the years that we've interpreted a certain way and then internalized as this is the truth, this is the way the world works, that all contributes to our idea of what good looks like, what bad looks like, what perfect looks like, imperfect. A lot of that is shaped from our programming. And then we forget that it's programming and we assume that it's the truth and we go out into the world with this apparent truth. And then it starts to, it starts to be a negative, it can have a negative impact when we start to see that some of the ideas that we had in any area don't actually serve us. And when we start to see that, it's about, well, what do we do from that, you know, from that point moving on? How do we get away from the ideas, the attitudes, the beliefs and the behavior sometimes that we've been programmed with through our upbringing and our background and what we've experienced in our younger years. So next one thing to sort of think about is what does perfectionism cost you? Like, what does it cost you? And 
I wanted to give a few stories of people who have actually worked with to sort of emphasize, you know, what it was costing them. Obviously, you've got to keep things anonymous. I don't want to be putting people's business out there. But the actual essence of the story is useful. And so one one person that I was working with, you know, was someone who I could see was a phenomenal artist, you know, like they could draw, they could paint, like had amazing skills. But for whatever reason, they were never satisfied with their final products like at all, at all, and were very, very reluctant to share it. Also would be very, very reluctant to follow through if given like a project or a task, something to, you know, to lend their creative hand to. And so if you play that out, what's it costing that person? Well, if they're not building a portfolio and, you know, to give a bit more context to it, this person actually loved producing art, loved art, you know, just as a thing to do, would would love to have been an artist. If they're not building a portfolio of work, of, you know, these are the things that I've produced, that I've created, the, the chances of them building traction as a career as an artist is slim to none because... They're not building up a body of work, especially if it's not being shared. Now, I'm not saying that everybody should share their work, but someone who wants to aspire to be an artist as a professional, a big part of that is going to be sharing our art. And so for that person, it's costing them their aspiration. It's costing them their dream. This idea of, ooh, this piece isn't perfect is actually stopping them from having anything out there. And that's one of the things that it does cost us. It costs us in terms of stalled progress. We stop, we can stop with the activity when perfectionism kicks in. Think about what I said with the singing. I didn't sing from the age of like 18 till around mid to late 20s. I didn't sing in public at all. And that was because of these ideas and beliefs that I had that were holding me back massively. And so it does cost us in terms of stored progress. It can cost us in terms of our stress and anxiety, knowing that we want to go a certain path, knowing that we want to move in that direction, but feeling like for whatever reason, we can't, fully go there we can't truly embrace it it can be massively frustrating and i emphasize i emphasize i emphasize and i empathize <laughs> doing some uh, verbal gymnastics today i empathize with that because i've been there myself i totally understand that but at the same time i also recognized that if i wanted to fulfill certain goals move in a certain path i had to figure out a way to get beyond these hangups. And we'll get to all that bit later on. Another thing that it costs us. So another person, young person who I spoke with, they were talking to me about a job opportunity that they seen. And they said, they said worse the effect of, it was as if the job description was written for me. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's perfect. And it is so cool when you get to do work that you really enjoy and lights you up. And I know not everybody gets that opportunity. So to even have a chance at that is such a privileged position. Here's the thing. The person I speak to was like, I, I can't, I can't go through with putting my application in and, you know, showing, doing the personal statement and all the things that they're asking for. And I'm like, well, why not? You're saying that's perfect. And the person was like, I just can't cope with not get. I can't cope with another rejection. I can't take it anymore. And again, it's, we get into these ruts psychologically where we just get stuck. And now for him or her, <laughs> it's obviously a him because I said him first. <laughs> for him, it could cost him his future career, right? Because he's not pursuing what he really wants to. He's not taking the next step that's necessary 
in order to be in with a chance of even doing it. So perfectionism can cost us, you know, in big ways, professionally and otherwise. So with all that being said, what can we actually do about perfectionism? And the first step I'm going to say might sound like, what? Why would you say that? But in my eyes, it's an important step. Step one, awareness. We've got to accept it. We've got to be honest with ourselves. Recognizing that it's there is such a big step in actually getting beyond it. Because if we don't acknowledge and accept that it's there, then we start saying stuff instead like, well, that's just the way it is. Well, that's just how I am. That's just how things are rather than seeing the root. See, all the things that we're seeing is the fruits of the tree. But the root of the tree, the root of perfectionism, is what we need to catch. Because if we catch it at the root and just, you know, take the roots out, we have an opportunity to get beyond. If we only always operate at the fruit level and chopping away the branches of the tree, the tree still always has that vitality in its roots and will just grow back. And so in order to deal with something truly, we always need to get to the root cause of whatever the problem is. And so that's why being honest and accepting that we do have perfectionism at times and that we've noticed that it's caught, it's caught me out here, it's caught me out there, it's, it's caught me out in the past is a big step in moving beyond it. Another thing we can do is be compassionate with ourselves because you ain't going to be the only person on the planet who's suffering with or suffered with perfectionism and if you thought you were i hope this podcast hopes and then verbal gymnastics man are messing me up today (laughs) if you thought you were i hope this episode has shown you because i've told you myself that i struggled with perfectionism in the past as well you're not alone you're not the only person and you won't be the only person and that should give you heart because it reminds you that so many of us are, we have so many shared challenges in the human experience. There are times, especially when we're in deep challenge, that we feel like we're, we're all alone. We're the only one who can understand it. We're the only one who can get it. But when you start to speak to people and they open up, you start to realize, wow, yeah, I've struggled with that as well. Yeah, I've had that challenge in the past as well. And the heartening thing about that is we've seen so many people who've overcome challenges. I'm telling you here how I've overcome that challenge of, not being able to sing. Now I sing with the gospel choir, have done for years and years and years. And so it's not that perfectionism, you know, holds us back forever. There are ways to get around it. But in order to do that, we've got to first accept that it's there. And then two, we've got to be compassionate with ourselves, give ourselves the space we need, the kindness we need, the love we need to move beyond when we're ready, not by forcing it, but by recognizing when we're ready to step into that discomfort of moving beyond and taking that step. So that's another thing that we can do. Now, one of the biggest things that I did is to question our beliefs when they arise. So I found that my perfectionism was rooted in beliefs I had that were not accurate, but I was living my life as if they were accurate. And it was when I started to question those beliefs and see that actually my beliefs were not valid anymore, that I was able to start moving beyond them. And one of the biggest beliefs to challenge is, is anybody actually really, truly perfect? If they're not, and I don't believe anybody is perfect, then that frees us up from, from shooting, for, shooting for perfect or living from this perfectionist lifestyle because we realize, look, nobody's perfect. So if nobody's perfect, why are we trying to live up to a standard 
that nobody to a standard that nobody is actually at. You may have perfect moments, don't get me wrong. We may hit on something and describe it as perfect, but that's absolute, you know, bona fide, true perfection. I'm not sure about that. And so when we start to realize that, whoa, I ain't perfect. Person next to me is not perfect. Maybe nobody's perfect. Then we take that huge burden and that weight off our shoulders of trying to be that and just allow ourselves to be what we are. Allow ourselves to produce the best that we can produce on that day. Allow ourselves to just be who we are and allow that to show, allow that to flourish. And there's great satisfaction and fulfillment and happiness in that regardless of the results because we're turning again into that world within rather than focused and obsessed on the material world outside of ourselves. When we can return it back to ourselves and operate from there outwards and and express what's inside of us out into the world, then life becomes more fulfilling. Whereas if we're trying to chase outside objects, whether that be, you know, certain status, money-wise, career-wise, or perfect, you know, for somebody else to look at something or for you to look at something and judge it as perfect, then it doesn't really lead to the most fulfilling of lives. And so questioning our beliefs, beliefs, my days, verbal gymnastics is horrendous today. (laughs) If I was getting a score out of 10, I would not be getting 10. I'd be getting a four or five, I think. But hey ho, we crack on. And and even the fact that what I've been saying in terms of my words and the sentences hasn't been perfect, I ain't going to not put this out there. It is what it is. People will still get the core of the message. And so I'm glad that I've been tripping over my words today because it highlights even more what I'm saying about perfectionism, not letting it hold us back. I didn't do it on purpose though. I don't know why my words have been coming out, how they've been coming, but it did lead to that nice point. And so, yeah, questioning our beliefs is a big one. Don't forget, there was a point in time when people used to believe that slavery was a good idea. Like, really? Like, taking people's freedom was a good idea? People believed that. There was a period in time when people believed that women shouldn't vote, and then that was a good idea. Really? There was a period in time when apartheid was was seen as considered to be a good way to run South Africa, where we separate people by race. Really? These things were touted as good ideas and, you know, accepted by large quantities of people. And so are all our beliefs actually, beliefs, oh my days, (laughs) beliefs. (laughs) Oh man, are all our beliefs, not beliefs, are all our beliefs actually valid? It's something to focus on. It's something to reflect on. Another thing we can do is get help in this area. So if you've got questions for me off the back of this episode, reach out to me and I'll certainly answer them. You can find a practitioner to help you. You could find someone in the space of um, psychology. You could find a coach. There's so many people out there at the minute offering help and support. And there's nothing wrong with tapping into those areas and letting those people support you with where you want to get to. Definitely something that we can do. And in terms of actually getting past perfectionism at the practical level, One of the things that helps me the most is this. So when we're looking at something that we want to do and it seems overwhelming, it's too much. What I do is I go small and I focus on one step at a time and ask myself a simple question. What's one thing I can do that's manageable and gets me in the game? And then I find out what that thing is 
and I pour all my energy and focus into that one thing. And the reason I do this is because I found once I've got going with a process, even if it's something that's pretty complicated or hard and takes a long time, once I'm in the process, once I'm actively, you know, making strides, then I'll keep going until I get somewhere. Whereas if I sit there and just look at it and go, geez, I'm never going to get that done. That's too hard. That's too challenging. I never get started. So for me, I know that that a big thing for me is just getting started, just taking action. And it's as if that action compounds over time. You know, when you do it day in and day out for a period of time, it's almost as if all of that energy starts to build. And before you know it, you're making quicker leaps, you're making more progress. And so starting small and just getting in the game somehow, some way, even if to other people, that action looks insignificant, has been something that's been a game changer for me and has allowed me to focus on the process and forget about perfectionism. Forget about perfect, focus on the process. That for me has been a game changer as well because you can tweak the process, you can improve the process, you can get from you know a zero out of 10 to a two out of 10 to a five out of 10 knowing that you may never get to 10 out of 10, but we're never shooting for that. We're just shooting for the next step in the process. And so it frees us up to actually, you know, make make giant strides in whatever it is without needing to be perfect. And so that's my exploration of perfectionism today. Thank you so much for sticking with me all the way to the end if you have. Thank you for putting up for my verbal gymnastics where I metaphorically fell flat on my face trying to say, creating new words that I've never heard before and putting them in sentences so that that sentence made absolutely no sense. Thank you for your patience with that. And I hope this episode has given you some ideas, some insights, some personal wisdom that you can take to this area of your life and, you know, makes it easier for you, makes it better for you, or you can share it with somebody else once you've listened to it and it makes life easier for them. That's what this is all about at the end of the day. If this episode has supported you, there's a few things you can do to support the cause if you want to. One thing you can do is leave us a review. Reviews are great, obviously, because it boosts my ego. (laughs) Well, aside of giving me an ego boost, it helps me to know what people think of the show, you know, good or bad. And it helps other people to see that, oh, you know, this podcast has got, you know, it's got listeners and they're they're happy with it. Maybe I'll give it a go. So it'd be great if you could leave a review. Another thing you can do is subscribe to the show so that every time I drop a new episode, you get it straight away on whatever device you're listening to. So you then don't have to do the thing of returning back and checking out a new epi- any new episodes out or not. And another thing you could do if you've enjoyed this show or any of the other episodes in the BU podcast is to share this with a friend, a colleague, a loved one, somebody who you think will gain benefit from this episode. And so I'm going to leave you to the rest of your day. I hope this episode has served you well. And I hope you come back for the next episode. I have no idea what we're going to be talking about yet, but whatever it is, I'm sure it's going to help you and inspire you in your day. Be blessed. Be you. And I'll see you on the next episode.